Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, Lavender Gooms. What up? Finally, a man joining us this week who I swear to God up until a minute ago, I thought he was wearing a Mighty Ducks hat and not a University of Oregon hat. Don't know why. Kid presentable. Well, you were talking about a Mighty Duck show on Disney Plus, so yes. it is on the mind. It is topical. It's not out of the blue. That is true. I do watch that show. It is, it is okay. Actually. It is excellent. Shut your mouth, except besides the fact that you're hosting the show. But for right now, shut your mouth. That show is excellent. It's, it's- Speaking of the Mighty Ducks, I'm curious if anyone even remembers this. In my uh, little chest of old action figures that my mom dug out of storage and just gave to me, and I don't have the heart to throw away, I'm is say yes um, already. Do you remember the yes. uh, mm-hmm. Mighty yes. Duck anthropomorphized superheroes? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got those guys. Did, did we all know this is where that was going? Because I was yes. positive yeah. the second he started what talking. What action figure did they make? I remember seeing it was that. One of the la- it was one of the last shows on the it Disney was a, afternoon. It was a terrible show. I remember thinking, like, what the fuck? This is not the same thing. I remember watching it and enjoying it. I can't tell you a single plot line, but I enjoyed it. Um, Troop, it was not. All right, boys and girls. um, We're going to talk about um, Triller Fight Club and their event this past weekend where young Jake Paul knocked out an MMA fighter with a hip replacement that Mike and I both picked to win. So I'm really feeling good when I verbalize all that shit right there, guys. Um, Once those back rolls came out, uh, you know, I thought someone might have been bold enough to change their pick, but props for at least sticking with your incorrectness. Pro- props for Ben Asker not wearing a t-shirt out to the ring. I mean, honestly, he's I, got a t-shirt out to the ring body going on. I mean, got, I, I'm going to the pool. I'm going to wear a t-shirt. I mean, I, part of me when picking him was just like, I, I just can't pick him to lose this fight. I'm going to feel bad. I feel bad either way. So here we are. Um, I mean, it just I, couldn't I feel have gone like worse asshole, for the guy. I, I, go I ahead, feel like an asshole that when they did the weigh-ins, um, and I am not one that should be body shaming, but this is when I thought specifically, okay, I'm in trouble. He was so out of shape, his nipples were uneven. <laughs> it's like, you got to be a special level of you're not doing any push-ups that your nipples are like ski slopes Yeah, um, honestly, in terms of an angle. This show's got a lot to talk about, and we're not going to break every moment of it down, but I, th- I there is actually like, I've, been th- I've actually been thinking about the card for two days now. Um, a lot of different not not like not like exactly what happened. Did it really happen? Was it a fever dream? It's not even. It's just like I don't know. It's like we we all do this podcast about the sport we very much like, but then like it's also combat sports, and I don't know what Shayna Baszler tweeted about how everything is pro wrestling. Really stuck with me, guys. <laughs> Let me just say that too. I, I would counter argument. Not everything is good pro wrestling. Exactly. There are levels to that shit too. Exactly. Um. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Triller event. Um, we're going to talk about um, Bobby Knuckles, Kelvin Gastelum, and what was truly a great fight that nobody watched. Um, I think I started – literally the main – I think it was like I, I turned it on the second 
Askren and, and uh, Paul was done, and they were like maybe a minute left in the first round, I think, maybe, the way it lined up. If I was the UFC, I was just like, we got to get this shit done early, but whatever. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to um, mention the results from the Bellator card um, this past weekend, which nobody watched, but there's a tournament going on. The only thing I saw was Paul Daly ruin a man's face um, and claim himself to be champion of a weight class that does not exist. 175 pounds. Shout out to Paul Daly. Uh, we're gonna make our picks for this triple main, this triple uh, title ca- fight card this weekend, um, where there's mm-hmm. gonna be fifteen thousand people um, in the Jacksonville Vice Star Memorial Coliseum uh, Arena, and we're always gonna hope for the best. At that point, all fully vaccinated, I'm sure. We're just gonna hope for the best, man. That's where I'm at. Just hope for the best for these people, man, and hope that the fighters had the good sense to get vaccinated themselves before they entered this fucking lion's den, in more way than one lion's den. All right. Trailer Fight Club. Um, y'all, anybody listening to this podcast know Ben Askren got knocked out with one punch like two minutes into the fight. Um, then people thought it was rigged, not rigged. Wait, wait. Before we go into what happened, can we also mention when you knew that Ben Askren absolutely was doomed? Bruce Buffer <laughs> called this man, no, man Funky Ben Askew. Yeah. He did not know this man's name. This it's not unprofessional. Uh, Michael Buffer, by the way. Bruce Buffer. Michael Buffer. Sorry, sorry. Michael Buffer. <laughs> who is actually the more well-known of the Buffer brothers. Yeah. In, uh, in, fairness, in fairness to Mikey, he probably saw Ben Askren's nipples and thought, these look askew. <laughs> Mike really a got a... Freudian slip. Exactly. Uh, there's also a moment where Ben Askren realizes that his name was, t- was said incorrectly. Yeah, like like a, he's just like... <laughs> he's confused. He's like, he's not going to correct that, huh? I'm, yeah. the co- I'm the main event here. So he's not uh, correct I'm just going to say some of the highlights of the non-fighting parts of this card. Um, Pete Davison inviting multiple people to have sex with his mom within the first 10 minutes of the broadcast. Um, every musical performance being about 20 minutes, like playing like a set, basically. Um, Mike, you wanted to say something before? You are forgetting the literal first line of the broadcast oh, please tell us from us. one Snoop Dogg, uh. where the first words out of the commentary team are, oh, you want me to cue this motherfucker up? <laughs> um, we had Pete Davidson backstage with the Paul kid and his crew. We had Ben Askren and Paul and Pete Davidson having like a serious conversation about why Jake Paul is a is human scum. We I had mean, you, you've mentioned him four times without saying what his thing was the whole night. Pete Davidson, the constant whole night, his whole stick was uh, J- is Jake Paul is a piece of shit, and who the hell is Ben Askren? Yeah. He shat, he buried this card the whole fucking night. Like, why am I here? It, it, why did they give me money? Who are these nobodies? This guy's an asshole. What am I doing? Here? I think he literally said they both suck, but at least someone's gonna get hurt. And I was like, fuck, he really crystallized while we're all here. <laughs> I like, I have a general positive opinion of Pete Davidson overall. I don't know the ins and outs of the man's life. I'm going to find out something, I'm sure, at the end of this podcast by Googling him. It's going to make me not like him. I generally find him entertaining on SNL. That's what I'm basing this off of, folks. Um, but he was, all, and then like, it was a point where Ric Flair was judging a slap fight between two fat guys, um, which kept going. Like kept going for a while. Um, every the, the, there was a performance by my guy Too Short. Oh no, sorry, the E41 was where the young lady appeared to be wearing entirely fishnet, 
Um, there was Ben Askren lamenting that this none of this was a good influence for the children of his wrestling team who were watching this. Um, the Black Keys. I mean, they all got to watch boxing legend um, Oscar De La Hoya oh my smoke God. weed for the first time in his life. No, Oscar, Please, no. That's what that was. The Oscar De La Hoya <laughs> was coked out of his fucking Is mind, coked? bro. Okay, a little so bit of all man. Oscar De La Hoya failed to say the word say USA correct once. He kept calling it the USSA. Um, and like they never pulled him from this broadcast. And, like it was Frank Mir fought for six full rounds, and Oscar De La Hoya was high as balls. He also thought that Frank Mir was from not Russia even. He thought Frank Mir was from the Soviet Union. Yes, there's that. Um, shout out to Frank Mir coming out of this thing looking better than anybody we've mentioned so far. Just existing, being 275 pounds a man. Tired in the ring. Can I ask Mike a question? Because you're the only one on this podcast that potentially knows who the hell this man. Who was the fat obese guy wearing a shit ton of makeup named Crime Faces? Oh, we, we, that Who's was our question. Crime idea. No, yeah, there okay. was like there was a commentator just named Crime Face. Like, although okay. it is Bobby. As, plural. He's as, plural. As, as I mentioned to Bobby on the broadcast, didn't like him. Why specifically? And I quote. He's giving off real uh, Eddie Kingston vibes to me. That's, I don't like that's it. That's harsh. It's harsh for my guy, Eddie Kingston. And then, by the way, for people questioning the legitimacy of this fight, Snoop Dogg, part investor in this company, the second Askrens goes down, is yelling, where are my $2 million at, motherfucker? Because apparently he bet $2 million with somebody, possibly Dana White. But Dana White was just like, yeah, I didn't bet Snoop Dogg. Why would I bet Snoop Dogg? This, he's, ben, Ben's an underdog. If I would bet with anybody, I would bet at the casino. Dana White, a true gambling, by the way, degenerate, is like, I'm not taking an even money bet with Snoop Dogg. Anyway, um, there was a lot going on. They say they did 1.4 million buys. Nobody believes them. But people seem to believe they sold over a million pay-per-views, which I don't know if it was 40 bucks a pop or 50 bucks a pop. Does anybody know the answer to that? Um, it was 50. 50. 50. Um, normally, you split that with your pay-per-view provider. One of their pay-per-view providers, though, they bought the main one, Fight TV. Which I think was the smartest thing Triller did all weekend, to be honest, was buy Fight TV. Uh, I think it was very smart of them. I was just trying to run numbers in my head with like, I'm like, okay, Bieber's not showing up for less than a quarter of a million dollars minimum. Like, you ain't getting Ice Cube to actually perform on TV at this point for less than like a hundred grand minimum. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this, you, I'm like, you're paying like all these people way too much for this to make a lot of money. Look, Bobby, 2020 was a lean year for the music industry. No one was touring. Ain't no concerts held. People getting their sets in, Bobby. People I, are letting you know. Bieber dropped a new single. That was a new song. That Peaches song, it's on the radio right now, Bobby. I, it's promotion. Yeah, I did like the part where all the rappers that I like that were 40, in their 40s sat on chairs because they were tired and rapped. That was my favorite part of that part. Um, yeah, um... I mean, I think people had this, like, impression. I like the MMA community when they get into this a card like this. They're always just, like, they've decided they're better than this. But then every single fucking one of them watched it. And then, you know, it was fine. Mike, it is what it is, man. These people were, uh, they, 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 like, I'll say this. In a world that the UFC just pumps out fight card after card of, like, 12 fights, 11 of them not mattering, with everybody dressed exactly the same, these Triller motherfuckers were like, we're going to put on a concert. We're going to put on a slap fight. There's going to be naked girls dancing. There's going to be questionable boxing. There's going to be one real fight, maybe, where a guy takes a dive, though, for a nut shot. There's, 
they were literally like, we're going to do whatever we can because you paid us money. So we're going to entertain you. It first was what it was, man. <laughs> first of all, Doja Cat, goddamn. And secondly, I'm not going to speak too much about trailer because in all honesty, I feel we need to cede as much of the floor for this topic to Steph as possible because <laughs> he was the standard bearer for this shit for at least the last month. All right. If there was one person waving the flag for, for, for Triller on this podcast, it was Steph by a country mile. The one thing I'll say is that people that were so indignant about, oh my God, I spent $50 for a concert. Bitch, what the fuck did you think you were getting into with this card? All right. You saw what was going on. Like you could see the what, what, what the fight card is. Like you knew you weren't getting quality with this shit. Come on. You were in it for the spectacle. Yeah. Stefan, beyond yeah. beyond this being the future of boxing, seriously, what was your impression of this whole event? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was a lot of train wreck quality to it, but I agree with Mike 100 percent because a lot of terms of like I don't listen to too much i'm not too much on twitter you know seeing what people are saying but i was seeing what people are saying about this and the amount of people who are like what is this that's just you're dumb like everyone knew what this was but that's what i want to actually talk about the fighting about it um because problem child he he lived up to uh his promise because i have a new dream boxing match his his promise was he's gonna make ben Askren look like the worst fighter in the history of mma and with that title my dream boxing match is now ben Askren versus CM Punk. I would like to know who's got worse striking. That is a fair striking match. Um, but in terms of, you know, I, I was on board with it. Jake Paul, I picked him to win because there's some athletic talent to the kid. He may be a complete knucklehead jackass, but clearly you saw he has some capability. The problem is no one's going to give him respect as a boxer until he fights someone who's a boxer. Because that's the one thing that his... Is it now three and zero or four and zero now? Was it three and zero going into it, or it's three and zero total? This is now? three now. Who was the this first one? Who did he? Who was his first win? Uh, no, some whatever. other YouTube. Some other YouTuber was his first win. Then Nate Robinson, he blasted him to the shadow realm, and, and then this past me. Saturday. Okay. And his brother is zero and two to KSI. Okay. I, I I got that mixed up about who fought who. Oh, he fought um, the, he fought he fought KSI's brother. That was not the gimmick. Didn't he fight KSI? Wasn't that his win then? Didn't he fight KSI? Wasn't it brother versus brother? Wasn't that the gimmick first time? I I can be making this up. Could Whatever. be. It was a Whatever. YouTuber. That yeah. sounds right. Um, you know, it's it was what you th- thought it would be, and, and I just I'm shocked by anyone who thought it was anything otherwise. Um, but yeah, it was a entertaining, chaotic freak show to me. Uh, I had fun with it. You know. Um. It was just embarrassing. It's just it was about as anticlimactic as an ending as you could have got. Because if you didn't see it, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't pulled up a gift yet, Askren gets knocked down by a big uh, looks like a straight right overhand right. Tough to say. Not a lot of technical skill from uh, the Paul brothers, but uh, he gets up at four, and uh, the ref really just doesn't want to let him go. Like, well, he didn't. He, the referee told him to walk towards him, and Ben, not being a normal boxer. Walk towards Paul instead. I thought like he wasn't walking. He didn't follow the instructions, which was he had his hands up. You can say he looked glazed. Uh, I saw two refs made comments on it. Um, Goddard said it was a good stoppage. That hey, the ref made a determination. Um, but I also kind of agree with what McCarthy said. Uh, it was a small referee making a small time decision. You know, this was the main event. 
people sat through hours to get to here. Um, and you're going to be, you know, we've seen, right, in UFC main events where veteran referees give a little bit more leeway to the main event, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to do an early stoppage because they know these are the names. These are the marquee guys. I had no idea who this white hair old man. When you said Ric Flair was judging Bobby, at first I thought, is that the nickname everyone gave this old man referee? Because I didn't, I wasn't in front of my TV at the moment. I'm like, oh, it actually is in fact Ric Flair. But yeah, I don't know who this guy was, you know. Um, so it's it's one of those. It was a freak show, but for as excited, I do wish we got something a little bit more definitive out of it. Just because I'm curious, there is a curiosity element. I wanted to see what fat Ben Askren was going to do. You saw he tried to clinch a couple times. You could tell that he probably did have a strategy of let's tire this guy out. Let's survive. I have a tough chin. Um, and you saw this guy was just throwing big heaters. There were no combinations. I perfectly have no problem believing Jake Paul has power. He has knockout power. That's undeniable. It, it, the proof is there. But does he have technical boxing? No. Because you saw him throwing very rudimentary jab, big punch. Big swing punch. He, he, big fights, swing like, he fights like a guy with three fights, right? Like, yeah. That's how he fights. Um, Marcus, you, unlike the rest of us, have the love of a good woman. Did you spend your Saturday night watching this or no? <laughs> I I only watched the fight. And honestly, I don't know how you guys could watch any more than that. That was I, – I can't sit here in good consciousness when every week I talk – I'm extremely critical. And I know we're dealing with a completely different realm of professionalism. Mm. But I'm out here being critical on analysis that DC – and Bisping is giving, and if I don't come out here and say, honestly, you could have clipped this into idiocracy, and I'd be like, oh, this is a clip from idiocracy. This is a future where the like the lowest common denominator rules all, because that commentary was despicable. That was fucking honestly. After watching that, I was like, you have to pay me to watch this shit. You should be paying me because this is this is. I don't, I don't even know what the right word for it. Like it is, it was, it was atrocious that this is something that people paid for. Like, good God, refunds should be handed out, not yeah. because the fight ended shortly, because like it's a Billy Madison motherfucker here. We all got dumber watching that shit, and I watched <laughs> less than two minutes of it, and I'm like, God, this is. At one point, the commentator said, "I I hope they start kissing each other." That's some bullshit I heard in the dorms when I was watching Pride. Like, that, oh, look at these guys hugging that up. Sounds on like that was crying face. Who probably said that? Yeah, that was a crying face. Was a, it was a. I thought that was Pete Davidson because Pete Davidson Ma made Marcus, those type of humor. I'll be honest. Too. There was a moment where I was watching this and I was just like, "This is like one step away from Ow my balls." You know that fake show on Idiocracy. I, was, I literally thought that moment. It, 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 it was. It was literally. It, yeah. on, it was we, we literally. People. It was the. It was the lowest common denominator. There's nothing. I mean. It's, I would say lower than that. It was it was not look, it was literally car crash TV. That's what they're selling. Um and then like Yeah. And I know I'm about to say something here that's gonna make us all sad. But then like I mean, I saw the number of MMA fighters saying willing they're willing they said they were willing to tune this kid up. I saw Bobby Knuckles say, I'll box that kid, I'll do it for less than five hundred grand, and I'm like, good, good. Way to say you'll do it for less than the, the, the other MMA fighter who got paid. This honestly, the whole card made me sad about how little MMA fighters make money, how much little money money they make. Because I mean, it what what it also made me, like this make because in some weird reality, like what Steph was saying for the weeks prior leading up to this is a really sad potential reality of like this is potentially the way boxing's going. This made me feel bad for boxing when you have Jake Paul coming out in a fucking knockoff. Fox Sports robot. I'm like, oh, we didn't get to the robot. What is this shit? <laughs> like, it, like you have all this money, but you go 
Peter Pan on the knockoff robot who like it's just like oh man. no no you, you missed the part where Pete Davidson asked him who's in the robot suit and then Jay Paul said nah it's a robot like he I mean, was trying to say it, it was it, a real it, robot this event really was it, it is what it is it, it is like a bunch of people with a bunch of money being like okay we're gonna we're gonna have like we're gonna throw everything cool at this it is just going to be like millennial focused headshot here and it's just like man like if this is what the next generation finds entertaining and finds valuable and worth their time and money it's like we doomed son do you know our, what it our was? planet our society of humans is doomed this is if this is the profit we are getting if this is what people come for entertainment and will smack down 50 hard ass earned off people like i i follow the video game industry very closely right and people complain about their dollar and how much hours of entertainment they need. And if you're going to throw down $50 for four hours of fucking bullshit, and this is like acceptable and okay, and we're going to keep coming back to this, it's like, man, I weep for human society. I mean, we're fucked on many levels, but just in this sense, our entertainment being at where it's at and what we're paying, if that's what we're at, like, we fucked. You, you, you we're done. I don't know what, I know so many people who watch this, I don't know one person who paid money for it. Even to me, it's like I, I all I wanted to watch was the fight, and that's all I did. And for the UFC, I'm the same way. I just want to watch the fights. Even watching the fight, I was like, I really wish I didn't listen to it. Well, you know what it is? I mean, I, I mean, I try to put us. I'm trying to put aside for a moment the actual like embarrassing sports element of it, or, like what it looks like for combat sports. I was telling Mike before we started, it's an interesting thing where like you have this whole generation of like entertainers, is what these kids are, right? These YouTube kids, sure. Um, where they made their audience on some other platform and like normally what we get in fighting is that you a guy has a bunch of fights and then because of his fights we learn about him or whatever his post his the, the ad, it's within the fighting realm his post fights whatever and then because of that he becomes interesting for us to watch him in fighting with the way conor mcgregor came up right conor mcgregor knocked a bunch of dudes out conor mcgregor gave funny post fight interviews conor mcgregor did it within the realm of that we had the opposite happen with this whole thing, which is literally like these people follow these kids, right? They got like 20 million YouTube subscribers or whatever it is, something like that, uh, whatever number it is. And because they have like found they, – they find him interesting, right? They now follow him to the other thing he does. Like I wonder if this dude decided he was going to do something that is in combat sports. But like some other – avenue like where you could have got people to pay for it. Cornhole like, or some shit. Whatever. It's like whatever like – some other like literally you're not following the sport you're following the person at that point sure it's like it's, it's, i mean i just found it kind of interesting and i was sitting there like wondering who he's gonna fight next as i read that bj penn wants to fight him and tyron woodley wants to fight oscar de la hoya which shout out to tyron saw a man with a drug problem on the air tyron's like i can knock his ass out um and in my head i'm just like they're gonna try to dylan danis is gonna want to do this and i'm just wondering who they come in, if it's going to be a, is it going to be a boxer next or is it which MMA fighter is well, like no it, it won't be a boxer it, it will never be a boxer there's no point for him in fighting there, there's a no boxer boxable. that is famous enough and exactly. low level enough to, for this to work together but i mean so it, you know me completely and i i have to like i, I can't come on here and i we're all tiptoeing and be like oh it's crazy like i have to come out and, this is bullshit like i i have to say oh, that yeah, first. Yeah. i mean from, that, from an athlete cuz we're tipping toe around it like oh it, it was a joke well, it's fun but it wasn't like, a real athletic athlete, like, contest it was, it was, I mean, I called it a freak show last time. And that's like, you know what? I'm sorry, freaks. 
you put on a better show than these people. At least I know what the bearded lady, like I can talk. There, there's some intellect I can gain from that. There was nothing to gain from this event. But what I will say that the, the thing that's, you know, getting, you know, overshadowed is like in stuff that I, even the last fight, I can see Jake Paul. He's a credible fighter. You know, I'm not saying he's like world class or anything, but he's obviously a person that is dedicated to the sport um, and has shown uh, marked improvement over his fights. And, you know, if, if this is, I think, you don't need all the theatrics around it because I think him fighting MMA fighters is intriguing enough. And I think he's good enough that it, 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 I think it's really interesting leading up to this fight, how many people (laughs) don't want to throw you guys under the bus, but it's kind of silly. And, and, and not even, and not even Mike and Bobby here, like legitimate people, chill stone. I watched seven videos of chill leading up to this fight, talking about how Ben's going to win this fight. It's a competition, not, and it's just like, I have a hard time. How did so many people get disillusioned that Ben Askren was going to win this fight with the Homer Simpson strategy of like, he's just going to be able to take the, the shots. It was just kind of mind boggling to me. But I think if you match up the one after this fight, thinking about who could he fight realistically next, that I think would actually be potentially competitive and would actually give him a run for his money. It has to be like, like you said, Bob, a, a, a mixed martial artist. That I think is retired. I don't think it's going to be an active fighter. And the one guy that comes to mind that made sense to me was Bisbing. Like, I think him and Bisbing, and one, he oh. has to fight. He has to fight someone close to his fucking weight class. He, he's calling out McGregor and Dylan Dennis, who fight Wait. at like 55. You Mark, thought Bisping, honestly, Bisping I thought literally I literally has one eye. Okay, first, does that. That's too. true. Oh, no, there's no way they license that. Mark, I thought you were about to say the same name I'm thinking, and I thought you were going to say Nick Diaz. Nick, I mean, that, you, you that think, was, I don't, the one part of me does think that Nick thinks he's. Nick, 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 would, Nick is a Nick real martial artist, Nate and he makes more sense because he's not really contractually obligated. Well, well, Nick, well, no, they're both under contract still. I think Nick's just not they're fighting. Right. Well, I don't know how long these UFC jail sentences are. <laughs> but here's the thing: Nick and Nate both view themselves as actual martial artists, though. So I'm not sure they might be above this on some level. If Connor, how many more fights does Connor have to lose to go knock this kid out? Honest question. Two more. Would they do I, it? I, honestly, Bob, and I don't mean to like boast this dude's ego because. That's all this whole thing was like. I literally think Jake Paul is a pretty decent boxer. Like what I saw, it was it was more than rudimentary. It, it, it was rudimentary because like, he didn't have to do a ton. He once he threw a combination, it was more than one punch at a time. He he knocked him on his ass. Like I'm I'm intrigued by this kid, and I think him fighting an actual striker is compelling. I, I do want him to fight someone that's close to his weight class. Like Bisping would be fun if Bisping had two eyes. Bisping but- wants to do it. And yeah, maybe they're not yeah. going to license. Oh, they're not going to license a motherfucker with a glass eye. They're like it's not going to work. Does he? That's like, true. He did the glass eye out. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still picking Bisping with one eye. Bisping won the middleweight title with one eye. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, we, no, we, no, we've no, given no. this a lot of attention. Um, I did. The one thing that made me laugh is someone said we needed a time machine to undo the Mighty Mouse versus Ben Askren trade because nothing good has come from it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Jorge Masvidal getting a platform ended up being terrible for everybody. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay. Um, Bobby Knuckles, Kelvin Gastelum. Did anybody watch this besides me? I did. Marcus, that was a beautiful performance by Robert Whitaker. Yeah. I was, was very impressed and still came out of it thinking two things. He's the number one contender, obviously. And two, I still don't think I'm picking him against Israel Adesanya. But what did you think of the fight against uh, Gastelum? Yeah, I mean, I think in most of the fight was standing where he was able to pick him apart by using, you know, great footwork and distancing. 
Um, a variety of strikes where, you know, Gaslam was really focused on the hands. But I, th- I think really the biggest caveat for me, which was like really made this fight a little bit more compelling, was he got multiple takedowns um, on Calvin. And I think one time he was able to hold him down for a decent amount. But like he really showed uh, a well-roundedness that we haven't seen. I mean, we know he likes to throw. We know he throws high kicks. He throws, you know, he has a lot of tools in the stand-up. And he's good at gauging distance, but he showed marked improvement in that. And I really liked, you know, in these few instances where like Gaslam came in, he got in close, he got double unhooks, took him right down without hesitation. And that was the part where I was like, okay, if he can blend that into a fight with Izzy and not just threaten with strikes, but also threaten with takedowns, that makes it a more compelling fight. And at this point, I agree with you about it's one of those things like he got beat so handily that first fight. A rematch is not. Well, yeah, this was also not just like, I mean, I, again, I love Bobby Knuckles. I picked, I think I might have picked him to win the fight. Probably. I picked him all the time. Um, but I mean, against Izzy the first time, but like, I think there's an impression also because Izzy got taken down by Jan so frequently, right? Jan is like 50 pounds heavier yeah, than Bob Whitaker. And the problem Rob Whitaker had, which didn't get solved in this fight with Izzy, was that Izzy is so long, Bobby Knuckles couldn't get inside. And Kelvin Gastelum's like as tall as like Steph. He's like 5'8", right? Straight up, isn't he? Something, like, sure. And like, is he 6'2"? Like, this wasn't exactly a fair, like, I don't think I solved that issue with me in my head of, like, how is he going to get inside? Like, that was the thing. I mean, he showed well-roundedness, but how is he going to get inside? Because last time the strategy was jump into it, and Izzy fucked him up. You know, yeah. with, with I, I, I mean, I, I think really the, the strategy to beat Izzy is don't attack the head so much. He's really and if you do, you have to step in deep and he allows you to do that in the first round before he's able to gauge distance and timing. Guys can get in. That's that's why Gaslam did so well. Like Gaslam, when he strikes, he has to get in the pocket. Like so he has to get there. He cannot wing punches from the outside. So when you can get in on Izzy and he lets you in, like once he starts gauging the timing and you have to get through the jab to get in, it becomes more difficult, but he'll let guys in the pocket. He has really good head movement and leans back and moves back. But if you get in tight enough, you can only lean back so far. And he, and, but I think to counteract that Bob is you go to the body, the body doesn't move. I think you got to work the body to lower the hands, to lower the head movement, to recondition what attacks he's going to be getting hit. And when you're attacking, I think, you know, Throwing punches and getting shots, mixing your punches and your shots as a way to at least get him thinking about having to negate takedowns, having to put those hands down to get underhooks to defend takedowns where you can potentially. I mean, there's a lot of strategies to, to try to beat Izzy. I think, you know, Jan was able to do some things very well, but he was a lot bigger, a lot stronger. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's not a fight that I'm super clamoring for, but it makes the most sense. You know, Robert lost that fight and has beaten everyone that has come his way. So it's kind of like, we kind of have to give it, he's earned this shot. And I think he showed enough improvement in this fight where it's like, okay, I'm kind of interested. Like, like I said, I don't like rematches when they've kind of been like, they're super one-sided, but if you get enough fights in between and can start changing that narrative a little bit, I get reinterested. And I think he's changed the narrative enough. He beat Cannoneer till and gasolum and you know they weren't the most you know he didn't put a stamp on a lot of them but he, he looked good in this fight he looked good enough to where i'm like okay i think he might be able to bring something different to izzy not not enough that i'm gonna pick him to beat izzy but i'm intrigued more so there's that you muted all right Steph. remember when we were uh deciding what the other fight was we we're gonna pick and we went with the Jeremy Stevens close, close fight. Fight got wrapped up real early. Yo, Jeremy Stevens shoved the man 
for no reason. Did he get fined or anything? I mean, this he is should. I, I mean, mean uh, I was going to make the argument. I think. Well, let me uh, let, let, let's say what happened first. He shoved the man so hard, the man got whiplash and a concussion. And yeah, no fight. Stefan, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, uh, along with my uh, 10 point modifier for the Jake Paul pick, um, I also feel like I get credit for the closer fight because uh i don't know if you saw in bloody elbow today one of their editors uh made a very compelling case why Closa could sue stevens for assault and loss of wages uh because this was outside of a fight that this occurred um and it resulted in a significant loss of income as a result of stevens actions S stevens wanted to be a tough guy and we've seen this type of thing this is a real freak accident right it's actually but it's actually a textbook assault uh, it's uh <laughs> there you go from uh the legalese uh, guys themselves um what can you say about stevens he's a he's a knucklehead here like you yeah. don't need to do that shit i know a lot of fighters like to was, do that shit for posturing but maybe his hands were behind his back first of all one of them was wearing a mask and it wasn't stevens too <laughs> i don't know what we're doing at that point to be honest yeah man that was uh that was it i saw by the way that andre arlovsky this was he set some record for the number of straight fights being an underdog in the ufc it was some absurd number. It was like 11 or something, which is saying something. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know anything else notable that came out of this card, if I'm being honest. Um, uh, Penne won a fight after I mean, Andre won, four by the years way. of inactivity or something. Some, some oh. long length of time. Because they listed her in very rare company of people who had oh, yeah, as they, long they, of a layoff. You saw a fuck the victory. But, you saw it a fucked her. This is what happened with that one. Yeah, she had some long layoff. Oh, and Luis Pena. There was a lot of decisions on this car, too. Wait, like, wait. Uh, dude, I didn't know Luis Pena was that fluent at English. Call me xenophobic or something. <laughs> uh, just like when he hit up, he had like he had one of those unexpected American accents that I just did not see coming. That is, was... he, is he from the States? He might be. <laughs> I mean, let's see. Where's the... He is from... No, he's from Italy. He lives in Little Rock, Arkansas. You gotta learn English. Okay, that's where that American accent. I couldn't quite geographically place it, but it threw me off. I remember. I was always thinking of this: is the, the guy's name was Junior Asuncao. This was at least ten years ago. WEC existed still, and I'm watching a card at Stefan's uh, his mom's house at the time. I remember, and you're like looking down, and post fight, Junior Asuncao starts talking. And he just sounds American. And Stefan looked up and thought I changed the channel. He's oh, like, wait. This man was from like Curitiba, Brazil. And he's like, well, Joe, you know, I came in with a good strategy tonight. It was a kind of a nasally right. voice. And I'm like, whoa. Where just, did to that let you, just to let where you guys know how, how all over the place Luis Pena is. He was born to parents in the Navy, stationed in Naples, but was adopted at a young age by a Latin American couple. And he grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. All right, Fair there enough. you go. Globalism, <laughs> go. baby. That's right. Um, UFC is back this weekend. Um, we'll talk about that card in a minute with the three title fights. First, though, um, we all picked these belt. We're, we, we're, we're nailing this Bellator tourney, boys. We're right on top of these picks so far. <laughs> Going um, with the favorite seems to work. Uh, well yeah, the Nemkov decision, it was not that close based on anywhere I've read. Did you see it? I was looking at the highlights and like two like they gave a four. I think was it a split flat out or the, well, no? It was forty eight forty seven. I think. I don't think it was a split, I, but I saw like the first two rounds and uh, 
the champion won him. I can't remember his name. I don't have yeah, it in front of me. But, but I, I did hear like Phil Davis came on in like the fourth and fifth and yeah. probably won those rounds. Well, he like, won the. They gave him the fourth and the fifth. No scorecard from the media member I saw gave Phil more than one round. Mm. Um, Corey Anderson got a finish. Good, nice. Um, everybody's pretty excited to not having to uh, remember homeboy's name. Spell it <laughs> ever again. We all dodge a bullet. A while. We all dodge a bullet there. I mean, Stefan nailed it last week. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to assume that because none of us watch the broadcast to know how it's correctly said. Um, and then, uh, nice one by Julia Budd, but I saw Saba Hamasi, um, who was in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken, get him and Paul Daly had a wild one. Paul Daly got a knockout, was 175 pounds, don't know why. Paul Daly say he runs shit at this weight and he wants to continue. I, he pretty much declared himself champion at 175 pounds. Just um, for the job you want, right? I like Bellator, man. Let's just do stuff the UFC's not doing. We're going to have tournaments. Maybe we'll make up a new weight class. Let's, you know, let's fucking go for it. Bellator, um, I thought maybe Romero and um, Rumble was this weekend. They're not. No. They're, they're no card until May 7th. <laughs> so um, I'm excited for that one. That one I will try to watch. Try to get a Showtime trial or something. See, you know, see what we can do. Um, one championship happened. I, I think Christian Lee won. Um, it sounds like uh, Eddie Alvarez is going to get another fight against one of two people. It says or on the fight card. He's fighting this guy or that guy on April 28th, which as Mark put I it. I want whoever, it to be a mystery that when the music kicks, you don't know who's walking out. And then one of the two does. That was an old yes. uh, Sakuraba bit. They used to all wear masks. There's three of them. Which one's Sakuraba? You don't know until you unmask them all. You're fighting this one. Okay. Uh, I know, Mark. The one with all the tape on their body. Well, that's true. One who's <laughs> being held together by five rolls of tape. Um. Okay. Um. What else? Did I, that's there was any news actually? I think that would happen this week. Oh, PFL is happening. Might as well mention it. Okay. I mean. As I mentioned with one man, we just want these MMA organizations to, like, give people a viable place to work so they don't have to go box at age 40 years old in Triller. Um, but PFL is spending money, man. I don't know who's paying for this thing, but they you got, they got Rory over there. They got Anthony Pettis is fighting this weekend against Clay Collard, his former UFC vet also. I think Clay Collard might be—I might be mixing him up with somebody else, but I want— I. I think I saw Clay Collard and Nate Diaz almost getting a fist fight in the Stockton Arena at the War MMA event. That might have been him. It was him or another guy named Clay. Um, Marcin Held is on this card, which I believe Marcin was the Bellator champion at one point, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. He was definitely. Yeah, it was 150. Was it was he was in the he was in the mix. Marcin is a good fighter. Bubba Jenkins on there. Lance Palmer, um, former 145 shot champion. Lance Palmer is a guy I keep waiting to get to the UFC. Wow, Bubba I, Jenkins is a name. That's a name I haven't heard in a while, too. That's a guy who, one of those NCAA champions who didn't quite pan out mm -hmm. the way we hoped. Yeah, I, Lance Palmer's the guy, is the guy literally that, like, I kept waiting for the UFC to get because I was, like, he was kicking ass in World Series of Fighting. And he's a yeah, alpha male guy. He was one of the guys Uriah would always talk about whenever he lost a title fight. Like, we got Lance Palmer. We got this guy. We got fucking, you know, Andre Feely for some reason. You know, I thought Lance Palmer was going to make it eventually. I, he might just be comfortable in this league. Because he has a pretty good record, too, I think. But I, 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 I... This is on ESPN, too, actually. If I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So, if it's... I 23rd is Friday, if I'm not mistaken. You guys help me out? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes it's Friday. So, on Friday night, uh, Showtime Pettis is going to fight Clay Collard. Showtime's a minus 600 favorite, which is a bold claim. 
like Anthony Pettis against anybody in 2021. Bold, real bold. Um, don't really see any other news that happened uh, this week. Um, John Jones still doesn't have a fight, so that may or may not be no happening. No news is good news. No news is no good. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, UFC. 261 coming to you from the Jacks. I haven't been able to say a different place besides Fight Island or uh, Apex in like a year, guys. Mm-hmm. Coming to you from the Vi Star Veterans Memorial Arena, 15,000 Floridian strong. Um, hopefully wearing masks, but you know what? I watch WrestleMania and, even, and a lot of people weren't wearing masks in that crowd. And they were outdoors and spaced out. So I am not confident about this event, folks. Um, we got three title fights. We got Jorge Masvidal and Usman both fighting in their home states here. We got the most dominant women's champion, not named Amanda Nunes, <laughs> fighting. Um, we got between these six, we actually have five champions among these six guys. And if you, you can make a six if you count the BMF title. Um, and we also got no chance in hell Michael stays up for this whole fucking thing. Mike's hope really has got to be... This is what I think is going to happen with Mike. Valentina and Jessica ends in a finish, hopefully. Whaley and Rose have a fucking banger, which I think where most of us are expecting some level of banger on the, in this, you know? On a scale of 1 to 10, the banger card, I, mean, I think we're expecting a 7 at least on the banger scale. Um, then Mike's going to sleep. Because we all saw Usman versus Masvidal 1, and it might happen the same way all over again. Um, we also got a rematch of a ring of combat fight from like 10 years ago happening. And we got the UFC serving up a man, uh, a former title contender to a young 25 year old. Let's get into it. Kamara Usman, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, we're going to do it again, brother. These guys fought last, was it October? If I'm not mistaken. Um, somewhere around there. It was fall. If I'm not crazy. Was it? I thought it was in like July, wasn't it? Has it really been? Yeah. Okay, oh, July twelfth too. Yeah, that's true. He's fought okay. Burns. Uh, Masvidal has fought nobody. Masvidal has earned two title fights somehow, fighting Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, of course, Nate Diaz thinks he's a champion. Guys getting title fights after beating him. Um, the first one, Masvidal took the fight on was what, ten days notice, I think it was some six. shit like that. Six days notice. This is back when we were all giving Masvidal a lot of credit. Still, we were all happy. That uh, he was getting paid and all this stuff. And, you know, props to him, though. Took a fight on six days' notice. Got wrestled for 25 minutes. Wasn't close. Wasn't even a little bit close. Not the most thrilling fight, but wasn't close on any level. Since that time, Usman fucked up his friend, uh, Gilbert Burns. Masvidal has done everything he can to ruin any goodwill he established in the year leading up to the, in the moments leading up to that fight. Betting odds for this one, Stefan. Uh, Usman, big favorite, minus four ten, plus three thirty, Masvidal. Um, look, nothing has changed for me. I recognize that Jorge Masvidal has got power and plenty of it, and he can. Everybody's beatable. Usman's real good. Usman is really, really good, and he looks like he's everything's hitting on all cylinders for him right now. And I think he's going to. I think he's going to take twenty five minutes. Sadly, because Marcus Jorge's a not an easy guy to finish. So I think it's going to take 25 minutes, but I think it's going to be very one-sided. I got Usman. Who do you got, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I have Usman too. It, it, it's tough to 
think anything different will happen in this fight. I mean, I do think Usman's shown marked improvement in his fight with Burns. I mean, his stand-up looked a lot better. I mean, and it's not like it's exactly what you would want a really high caliber wrestler to kind of pick up on the standup. It's just like simple one, two, like let's not get crazy. Let's not throw hooks and do spinning shit. Like let's stick to the fundamentals and just drill that. And that's what he did with birds. He drilled those punches and he got a stoppage. I think, you know, the, the easy pick, the, you know, most likely pick is, is just the same result. A uh, unanimous decision for Usman. I think if for himself personally, if he could stop, Jorge Masvidal, because that's, I literally look, I wanted to look up, like, how many times has Jorge been stopped? Because I know he does not get stopped often. It's been three times in his entire career, basically over 50 fights, and he's been stopped three times, only one time by knockout, two times by submission. He loses mostly by decision. So I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Uh, if Usman is able to stop Jorge, I will be very impressed. And if Jorge can finish Usman, you know, I'd also be very impressed. But I find that to be somewhat unlikely, um, you know. Jorge saying, you know, he only had six days, you know, fair enough. It, it's hard to get in weight that quickly. Um, so I'm sure that took a lot on him, but it's just skill wise. I don't think he's made those adjustments to stop Usman from if things go bad for Usman and, and the standup is not going well for him to him to lean back on the wrestling, on the clinch, on the takedown. And I was watching the countdown and, you know, I, I don't want to read too much into what they say, but he was basically saying like, like, oh, I lost that fight because you know, he, he was stomping on my feet and I didn't practice tap, tap dancing enough. And it's like, okay, dude, like you lost that fight because he controlled you against the cage. Like, I know this is all antics and show, but like, hopefully what he's been working on is just like, okay, I can't get muscled against the cage. Like, I gotta get under hooks and flip it around and get back in free space. But I, I feel like he just thinks like, I just need more preparation. I, I think that's not going to be enough. Isn't, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jorge Masvidal is always, you never say he's unprepared for a fight. I mean, for all the, as much as Jorge Masvidal has let us down in the last year, he's a smart fighter, and it, it's hard to look good beating him, quite frankly. Mike, you got Usman, or you think we're going to get a different result here? Um, No, we're not getting a different result in this one. It's going to be Usman again. Well, I think it's going to be a closer fight. Um, Having a few months to prepare is vastly different than just six days, how Masvidal had before, but... Usman just has it going in every which way over the last uh, the last few years. Um, he's hitting he's hit that prime that you see a few UFC champions hit, where for a while they're they're just untouchable. And while Masvidal has made strides over the last few years, he's he's not on Usman's level. Um, Steph. Another man only had six days to prepare for his opponent that time was Usman. He thought he was fighting a jiu-jitsu specialist. Worth mentioning. Got a totally different opponent for him, too. Anyway, we're getting a clean sweep? or uh, Clean sweep. He's world-class because of his jab, as uh, Trevor Whitman said. Um, yeah, you know, we were talking about in that last fight, whether you think Whitaker has a shot in the rematch against Izzy is irrelevant to the fact that he earned his rematch. Masvidal 100% did not. Um, it's a weird fight. It's a weird fight. Real weird. Go through this again. Real weird. Um, all right. Co-main event. Normally you don't see it like this because, um, Valentina actually is a higher weight class, but we all recognize what's happening there in that fight. Um, we got, it's the, the women's strawweight championship of the world, 115 pounds. Um, Wei Li Zhang defending her championship for the first time in a year. Um, she hasn't fought since... March 7th, 2020. 
One of the la the last, I think that was the last pay-per-view with fans, actually. I think. It has to be. You'd hope. Um, against Rose Namajunas. Um, Rose has not fought since probably a similar amount of time. July 2020. Um, winning a split over Jessica and Jiraj. Betting odds for this one, Stefan? Uh, it will be the closest of the three title fights we're picking. Uh, Whaley is coming in at the slight favorite at minus 190 to Rose's plus 165. Who do you got? Um, I hate to say it like this, but I got communism. Um, you know, uh, I think there's just more power there. I think, I think Whaley's going to reign for a little bit. I, I, I think she's really coming to her own. She, you know, was really well touted entering the UFC and, you know, I, I wasn't super familiar, but then I remember the first time we ever picked her fight. I'm like, go look at this, go look at her highlight video. Like she's got violence. She has power because not a lot of women, particularly in this weight class, carry that kind of power. Like you saw what she did, you know, to um, Joanna's face, right? That's that, that kind of turned into, into a legend. And what that fight also showed is she is tough and durable as hell, you know? And at some point in this fight, Rose is going to reach for her back hip. There will be no gun there, which is what she's been training with for this fight. And then it's like, oh, shoot, how do I counter? Um, what is the long form saying is uh, Rose is in a massive decline for me. Uh, she is heading down a weird Prager-you-like path in her life. And I feel like it's just going to get weirder and darker for her. So um, Whaley Zhang. Um, and Whaley, I bet she'll, she'll set the record straight. She will have a victory speech that will be much more gracious and less freedom versus communism bullshit. Um, this is really me just venting about how much I'm turning on Rose, a fighter who I had really liked up to this point in her career, but I don't know what's going yeah. on with that lady lately. Yeah, Whaley's last victory speech was, don't worry about the coronavirus. We have it under control. That was the last I would, one. <laughs> I would actually love if Whaley just gave a, a, a stirring speech and gave all glory to Winnie the Pooh. I mean, to President Ping. Yeah, she just goes out there and says, yo, this is about the people, the People's Party, the Communist Party. <laughs> She's going to um, do the reverse Rocky for, and suddenly we're cheering her. Yeah, I don't need either one of these people to give me their thoughts on the world. Quite I don't need anybody on the card to give me their thoughts on the world. If anything, the last year has taught me is I do not need to hear from any MMA fighter about anything that isn't fighting. Um, I'm going to take Rose. Um, I think it's going to be a really close fight, actually. And I think, and a little bit of money just came in on Whaley because it moved from 190 to 200. Um... I am taking Rose because barring a powerbomb in a fight she was winning, she has not lost a fight in five years. And I know she has a weird record for someone who's as accomplished as she is. I think she's only 10 and four, I think. Mm -hmm. You're right. Um, again, strange record for somebody as accomplished as she is. I think she's a, I, here's the thing. When I say she's a more well-rounded fighter, I have not seen the seven submissions that Whaley has pulled off in her career. I saw the one she pulled off on Jessica Aguilar. That was pretty cool. Rose is a really complete fighter, and it looked like she was really in the zone when she was champion. And she was really beating up Jessica Andrade. She actually did better in the first fight, I thought, where she got powerbombed than in the second one. Um, Whaley is tough as hell. That fight with Joanna impressed the hell out of me. She's battle-hardened. That was a fight that came out of, I came out of that one having more respect for everybody involved. I think this is going to be a close one. I wouldn't be surprised with either outcome. I'm leaning towards Rose just because... I don't, I, we, I mean, there's been three takedowns shot on Whaley since she's been in the UFC. She gets on the ground somehow. I'm going to lean towards Rose. That's it. I could be wrong entirely, though. 
I got Rose, though. Mark? <laughs> yeah, uh, for all intents and purposes, for me, this is the main event. This is the most compelling fight on the car Hell by yeah. far. Um, I, I, it, it should be the main event. I mean, I, I know they do this little, like, hierarchy of weight and stuff, but, like, this is really what... Oh, what the, the hierarchy for. now is what is what people what they think people are paying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and really, I was going to, you know, if everyone was going away, Ling, I was going to go Rose, because I, I was kind of feeling Rose, but since you took it, Bob, I'm like... I think that the safe money's on Wailing just just because she is the champion, um, but like I, it's a it's a pick 'em fight for me because Rose and I agree with you, Bob. Like the ten four record is is really a disservice to the quality of fighter that she's become, and I do think what you said is like the easiest, the most likely path of uh, victory for her is to get Wailing on the ground, and because Rose is phenomenal when it comes to submissions. I mean, she she's improved so much stand up that we forget. You know, she really burst onto the sp- scene because you did a flying arm bar, you know, that was badass. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a great fight. You know, like you were saying, like, this is really the fight that I think the whole card should have been built around. Um, and it's tough to pick, but I'm going to go wailing just because it feels safer to me. It, it feels like the more safe bet with, with Rose, uh, instead of going with Rose, but I, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Rose. You know, I, I do. I, I love how much she's improved. I loved how much better she's gotten at stand up. Um, but Wei Ling does remind me of like a small little like Vanderlei Silva. So it's going to be a great oh, yeah. fight. I'm, I'm looking forward to the fight more so than whatever outcome happens. You know, the I'm, best literally just penciling, I'm penciling in fight of the night right now for this. Yeah. I'm very excited for th- that. Is that is the only, not only is the most competitive of the three title fights, I am more excited for this than I am for anything yeah, on this card easily. Mike, is it a split or a 3 1? Kids. Some advice I've given to you before, never meet your heroes because they are bound to disappoint you. And in this case, what I mean by that is the more you learn about your the people you like, or, or in this case, the more they talk, the more they are more likely to disappoint you. As I've been saying for years, Rose is my girl. I've loved Rose for years. And the stupid shit she has said over the last week has, uh, has really tried that. It reminds me of um, of Steph's former love for uh, Michelle Watterson, um, if I, if I'm right. People need to stay in their lane, man. <laughs> yeah, everybody stay um, in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I'm um, I'm still picking Rose. Um, one, because she's my girl, and two, more importantly, wait, 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 wait. I just want to say, me and Mike picked together last week, and we saw a man get knocked out by a YouTube star in a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. We're we're really dooming Rose right now. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. The, well, we 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 we've seen this book at least on some level before from from Rose fighting a a very powerful striker in Jessica Andrade. And granted, she she lost the first one when she got power bombed, but she was winning both of those fights. She she has a blueprint to beat someone like Wei Li, even though Wei Li is extremely powerful and she's she could be a great champ at at this at this division, but. I think Rose regains her title. I'm. I can't emphasize enough how excited I am for this one. This is a fight I've been excited for. We've, when we thought it might happen for six months now, seven months now, when we got the Dana White Rose doesn't want the fight bullshit we had to deal with back in like December, and she's mourning her goddamn family at that time. Um. Valentina Shevchenko, my favorite female fighter, who has not let me down yet. Because you know what? I know where she stands on shit. This girl's got gun tattoos. All right? <laughs> she probably has opinions I don't agree with, but she keeps it to herself. She's just there to dance and fuck people up in the octagon. Um, also speaks I, fluent Spanish. Perfect all around. 
Um, I, I think people are being a bit dismissive of Jessica Andrade's chances here. And I know I'm about to pick against Jessica Andrade too. But Jessica Andrade had a title reign where I don't think she got any respect for it given how she won it and how quickly she lost it. And then she got this fight off of one win, which that's just where we're at, man, in this weight class because Valentina's cleaned it out. She is on a different level than every one of these women. Valentina is waiting for Amanda either to give her a third crack at it or Amanda to retire so she can go back up to 135. Um, betting odds for this one are what, Steph? Uh, Valentina, minus 380 to Jessica's plus 315. So Valentina has not had a betting line this close since she fought Joanna. It was like five fights ago when she was minus 300. So Andrade's getting a little bit of respect. Look, I the fights aren't close, man. We get It's like we're at the point where Valentina's fights were, was it the last one where someone got a takedown or something and we all got fucking psyched? Like, oh my God, she got taken down? Like, I, you're not, I'm not picking against Valentina Shevchenko to fight any, to lose to any fight against anybody not named Amanda Nunes. And even then, it's going to be close. So, Mark? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the line says it all. Um, Valentina is easily the favorite here. I mean, for me, I really just hope, and I think Jessica absolutely could bring out a more aggressive or more, you know, I don't know, effective Valentina. She got to put her chest, her her head in that girl's chest. Right, because she's going to she's gonna come forward and be aggressive. And I think why I've been not as enamored by Valentina has nothing to do with like how good she is, because she's fantastic. It's just mostly, I think she plays she, she plays it smart and she does just enough to get the wins, to win the rounds, uh, you know, to score a clean strike instead of getting a finish. I think Jessica is going to bring an amount of you know strength an aggression that is going to make Valentina be a little bit more aggressive and have to take a little bit more chances. And I think that's really, I think with, for me and my criticism of Valentina is just that like, she reminds me of DJ a lot. So like, the fights just aren't compelling, you know, the, well, the you people know what it is, Mark. she's uh she has a, she has the consistency of get a finish, get a decision, get a finish, get a decision. Last fight decision. Andrade might be in trouble this weekend is what it sounds like. If we're going to keep that pattern going. Yeah. And it's just, I, I want to, I think for me to kind of like become more of a fan of hers, which is like not, you know, she, she doesn't give two shits. If she gains me as a fan or not. She needs to get W's and that's what she's extremely good at. But you know, for me to, to get more, you know, clamored by her, I just, I, I want to see her in more exciting fights. Um, and I think Jessica could bring that out in her. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going with Valentina, but I'm, I'm hoping it's more exciting than, some of her previous fights were after the first round. It's kind of like, okay, I kind of know I mean, where this the, is going to go. It's the most legitimate challenger. We even sat saying with one win, but like in terms of skill levels, the most legitimate one. Former since, champion, a lot of power. Since interesting. Probably since Joanna, her most legit challenge. Mike. Yeah, I think this is the most intriguing fight uh, that Shevchenko has had uh, in this division so far, mainly because Andrade has the ability to knock her out with one punch or, you know, get her on slammer and get her on the ground and really do some damage <laughs> with that said i'm still picking shevchenko um steph andrage moving up in this weight class did sacrifice the one thing she had at 115 over everybody was she's definitely stronger than everyone yeah um, not so much the case now what do you think that's an interesting caveat because she is she's kind of short she, mm -hmm. she very much was a little a little muscle tank is what she was and that's kind of what her made her unique in the lower weight class so i think that works against her too um 
against in her Rose rematch, though, in a fight where I think we all largely wrote her off because thinking we she won with that fluky power bomb was likely she actually actually fought a much better fight. Her her boxing was improved. Her gas tank was improved. So I think those things bode well with someone who clearly has a propensity to go the distance. Um, I'm picking Valentina, but you know, since it doesn't really matter, um, and it'll just be pride points if I'm accurate, I see Jessica taking two rounds and it actually being a strangely compelling fight. Because like what Mark said is, when two counterfighters meet each other, that's how you know you can really talented people like an Izzy Adesanya can have boring fights in there, uh, see the Romero fight. But when you have a charging bull that wants to fight them, it brings out the best in their abilities. So um, you know maybe that propels Valentina to a finish. But yeah, I'm I'm just gonna say I think Andrade is tough enough, and she is like game enough to take like two rounds off of her. Right on. All right, guys. Rematch of a fight from Ring of Combat back at when the fuck was this? September twenty fourth, twenty ten. I'll presume Chris Weidman won because I'm pretty sure he was Chris, undefeated. I, I actually, I've actually watched in this. that UFC yeah. run. He, Chris Weidman beat Uriah Hall by knockout in three minutes and six seconds. Um, it was Chris Weidman's first fight at middleweight. Um, God, he got into the UFC with four wins. Weidman really was a prospect. Um, Chris Weidman, guys, it's not going well. Um, he had to get that that win he got over uh, Omari Ahmedov. Shit was desperation mode for Weidman. Um, if I think he gets paid a lot of money. And if he, however many fights he has left on his UFC contract is how many fights I think he's going to have in the UFC. That's where I am with Chris Weidman. Um, Uriah Hall gets a lot of shit from Dana White, even when he wins. Um, didn't think he looked bad beating Anderson Silva, to be honest. Um, he was probably nicer than he should have been. White, uh, Uriah Hall's won four or five fights. His only loss is to Paulo Costa. I thought he was doing okay against Paulo Costa too, which is, he got knocked out ultimately. But when it was at range, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, betting line for this one, Steph. This is a, this one's got to be close. I'm imagining. This is what I refer to as the scummiest of Vegas betting lines. It is double minus one ten. So you can't even get even money. It's the it's the same betting line, but it it favors the house either. Realistically, way. given the way these guys have been fighting, um, if Weidman didn't have this win over him already, what do you think the line would have been? I'm shocked that it's even. Uriah should be the favorite. Based on this stage in their careers, you're right. Minus 150, 160, probably. Yeah, I you think he, it doesn't have to be two to one, but he should be distinctly the favorite, in my opinion. Not that I, I don't want to write off Weidman's chances because Weidman can win this fight. He's a notedly a better grappler. Um, man's got a goddamn, not, not a national championship, but he was an All American. Um, he's a, a very good grappler on the ground, too, jujitsu wise. I. I'm just going to – I'm not picking him to win this fight, man. I got Uriah Hall getting it done here. I think it's going to be the, um, a big win for Uriah Hall. Um, and I think he's going to knock him out, actually. I think Uriah Hall motivated is interesting always. Um, and I think this one is stuck in his crawl for a while. We were trying to get this fight for a couple tries now. Didn't somebody get COVID, I think? Um, I think Weidman might have gotten COVID um, somewhere in the middle here. Um, yep. He did get COVID, which, given what that's doing to people, not comfortable picking him anyway. I got Uriah Hall getting a finish, actually, though. Um, I think this is actually going to be a decent-looking fight, too. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I'm probably—this is one of the ones where 
if I was going last, I probably would have definitely because I think you guys are all probably going to go Hall. Um, I'm gonna go Weidman. I just think stylistically he's a bad matchup, and it is easy to look at this record and be like, yeah, he's he's been falling on tough times. But I look at the record and I'm like, these are fucking killers. <laughs> like everyone he lost to is title contenders. Um, I mean, you you look at right Ryan Hall too. Like, yeah, all the guys he's lost to are kind of in that same boat. Um, so I do think it's it's a compelling match. Um, and I, I know Weidman has looked pretty haggard um and that does give me some hesitation here but you know i, I just it's a gut feeling I, I got weidman in this one in fairness he did beat him already so <laughs> mike what do you got yeah but that was also almost 11 years ago uh you know a lot of things changed in 11 years think back to where you guys were in 2010 all right um God, i'm pretty sure just, there's uh, some guys back then whose asses you could kick that you probably can't kick their asses anymore you know i was definitely like, in better shape in 2010 there's You're a bunch right, of 21 year olds <laughs> right now there's a bunch of 21 year olds right now that 10 11 years ago you could whoop their ass yeah, when they were 11 year olds i would have beat the shit out of those little kids <laughs> with so, those hall. uh pearls of wisdom i'm picking hall i mean hall's the isn't hall the basis of the plum pick when he when he beat gagard musasi isn't that where that plum pick came from that is indeed correct. Yeah. Hall also won me and Mike some money in a decision he didn't deserve over Antonio, Car- Antonio <laughs> Carlos Jr. about a year and a half ago. So we're we're riding high on the, the Hall juice right now. Stefan, who do you got? I mean, Hall won me money when he had a broken toe that mm-hmm. he, came oh into the, my God. he came into the fight that way. <laughs> it, it, was always, it always looked like that. Don't, we don't were, look at it. We were yelling so loud. No, he's fine. He's fine. He survived that decision. Um. Yeah, uh, y'all, this is has been a really kind round of picking. You know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, praise and effusal of Chris Weidman's ability. So pardon me if I get a little hyperbolic now. Um, you know, sometimes you guys do the laundry and then you're about to transfer <laughs> something to the dryer and then you take a sniff of it. And you're like, oh, that's not clean yet. Let's 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 do a second cycle. That's Chris Weidman. You said Chris Weidman has been affected by COVID. His injuries the last few years. He was constantly injured. Like he was having back there, issues. There, there, he was there, having knee nobody... issues. He was having neck issues. The man is his chin has gone down. The, the the man is deteriorating fast. He went from the guy who ruined the mythos of Anderson Silva to he just started physically deteriorating. And it's not that's father time, but that's the fighter I see. Like well, point of Mike, clarification um, from uh, from Stefan. Um, what type of body secretions you got that when you run something through the washing machine once, you take it out? You like Yo, so, this needs to go you, again. Uh, you know what? Sometimes you use the cold wash because you're like, I don't want to. I don't think we need to get in this with the hot water. Then you ran the cold wash. You're like, nah, we had to get in there with the hot water. That's what happened. That's what. That's what this is the situation. It's it's, um, it's also not always nefarious. Sometimes, Mikey, you at the Korean barbecue, you sitting there, you're grilling meats. You cook it and you're like, this still smells like smoke. You know it's what? Still, oh, this right. is still yeah, smoke, smoke has not come out of this hoodie. No. If that, you know that what? Smoke... I, I, I forgot about those external factors. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. <You're right. laughs> um, yeah, Steph. You know what? There's never been. A, there's, no, there's no one I'm more confident about being a clean fighter than Chris Weidman because I'm like, this dude needs to get on something. He's, He's got just, too many injuries. Is his body just fell? His body fell apart when a lot of people are in their primes. You know, and so it just. I, I'm not yeah. saying it to be malicious, but he, the man is physically just, he is a shell of his, where Hall has oddly maintained, you know, for being roughly the same age, Hall's kind of maintained the course, right? He never hit those highs we wanted, 
but he never really sunk into the lows of lows. He's, He's really just middle, being cruising down the middle. <laughs> All I'm going to say yeah. is through this process of picking, I believe my pick just blossomed into a plum pick, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, finally, this last one. Jimmy Crute, um, UFC prospect, 25-year-old light heavyweight from Australia. Um, Jimmy the Brute Crute. Didn't have a chance to choose a different nickname, this kid, man. Had no chance. He couldn't go with Eagle or something. Like, fuck you. You're the Brute. Um, bouncing back from his loss to Misha Serkinov of my Peruvian necktie back in September 2019, man got two finishes um, against two people we don't recognize, but two performances of the night bonuses. He's taking on Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, um, a man who uh, really needed that win he got against Devin Clark. Straight up. Um, really, really needed that win. Betting line for this one, Stefan? Um, Jimmy Crute, minus 185. Anthony Smith, plus 160. Yeah, I'm taking the guy who didn't pick his teeth off up the mat last year. I'm sorry. That image stuck with me. I'm probably wrong. I feel, I mean, I think the betting line is factoring in how bad Jimmy, Anthony Smith got his ass whooped in some of these fights. I'm picking the 25-year-old because I have hope for this division. Because the next title contender is 42 years old. And we need some young people to come up. Mark? <laughs> yeah, this one's tough. Um, I, I let the line choose it for me, too. I'm going with Jimmy. I mean, it's hard. Anthony Smith has had a real up-and-down career. He's had I mean, some Mark, high they're, highs. They're booked, sorry to cut you off, but they booked this for him to lose. This is a 25-year-old against a former title contender. This is booked for Jimmy to lose. Yeah, to I mean, lose. I, I think it's close. I think it could be competitive. I'm not going to be shocked if Anthony Smith wins, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play the numbers. After you, know, after you pick a plum pick, you got to play the numbers a little bit, so I'm going with Jimmy. Mike? Mark knows the strategy with them plum picks, all right? He's learning. Had a boy. So proud of you. Um, you know I won this more than anyone else, right? And you have not won it, so... <laughs> I, I, right, I appreciate look, the support. Overall... But... Mark's not... Mike's, Mike's not picking another underdog outside of Rose for the rest of this year. He's We've got to make up for the fucking Askren pick. It's all, about, Mike, picking... it's all about chalk this year, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the prospect in this one. Step on. Mark, you, you say you cruise into the lead with that 10-point modifier. Just yo, to embrace. Yo, also, also, I'm here giving props to Mark, and he just shits on me. Did anybody else realize that? <laughs> I, I, that know, this I, is I, the I first time Mark's place. ever really laid it on Mike for having never won this. It's normally me or Stephon. Well, he's telling me now you're giving like, praise to Mark, and Mark won. just goes, Mark just goes, my, hey, my, fuck my, my, you. You're the guy who's never won. You're telling me now you're learning, boy. It's like, don't call me, boy. I was talking about specifically about the plum pigs. No, nah, no, nah, Mike, you tried to sun him a little bit. And Mark's just like, yo, what's up? I got to put you in your place. I gotta, you were getting, you, we had a line. You got a little out of line. I just got to put you back in line a little bit. Don't say, hey, but I did say right after, right after I put you back in line, I said, I do appreciate the support. <laughs> but I got to put you back at the end of the line. For I, now. I, I forgot. I forgot what we're doing here. You got, you got. Uh, uh, I, I'm making it a clean sweep with crude. Okay. Um, I'll say I, I've been really hard on Anthony Smith in the past, and it's unnecessary. He is a career kind of journeyman guy who peaked by getting a crack at the Mount Olympus, right? He was never going to be sit atop of it, but the fact that he made it up there in the first place, that's truly the mark of his career. So, you know, I don't need to be as hard on him as I have been. Um, but he is at the stage of his career. Like you said, Bob, he, he's being fed of being a, you know, build the resume up of the next guy. That's yeah. kind of where he is now. So, yeah, we had uh, all of us picking Usman, uh, Mike and I picking Rose, which I've immediately lost my faith in because I'm picking with Mike. Um, went so well last week. 
Mark, I'm sorry, are we all picking Val, uh, Valentina? Mark is taking Weidman, the rest of us taking Hall, and a clean sweep for Jimmy Crute, a man that not one of us can pick out of a lineup, if we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> is he white or black? He's from Australia. He's white. He's white. Oh, white. come on. Name like Crute, <laughs> he is white. He is for sure white. The Brute? Watch him come out as the most finesse technical flair. Like, just such precision. Beautiful combos. Uh, Anthony Smith is 32 years old, and we've already just... Should have... 50 50 fucking fights. Jimmy's Jimmy's nickname should be Jimmy Crouton. That'd be great. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) So his his nickname is then just officially on at that point. It works Um, both ways. Jimmy Crouton, everyone loves croutons, or he could say it's a play on Jimmy Neutron because he's a genius. I thought it was the, the latter. Um, all right, let's do, I think I said, let's do stuff we like. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, uh, mine's going to be, one of them's going to be kind of weird. Um, stuff I like, one of them is Steph Curry. Because in a season where we're not going to win anything, we might make the playoffs. Steph Curry's just out here killing it. Um, he just put up another 49 points just now. Um, I, I might have broken the record for most consecutive games or something with a over a certain number of points. I forgot what it was. Whatever. Steph Curry shooting the lights out. It's I, a pleasure to see. I believe it was nine games uh, with uh, 30 points or more by uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he just broke that then. Um, 49 points, 10 three-pointers. Um, appreciate Steph Curry, man. Um, nobody has been king of the Bay Area like him probably since like Joe Montana in 1982 or whatever. I mean, man runs shit around here and he's a, you know, it's a pleasure to watch him and God willing, he never leaves us. Um, but yeah. And, um, I watched birds of prey. It was nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, cause I was, I was watching, um, I was going to watch Harley Quinn again, the show. And I'm like, let me watch birds of prey. And I did, and I was just I the most the feeling I have with most of these DC movies, where I'm just like, yeah, okay, um, it wasn't bad necessarily. I just at the end of it thought I'm just gonna go back and watch the Harley Quinn cartoon. It's that fun. is better. Which, I, I will better. say, um, I don't mean to be, be harsh on it because I actually I like to give the DC movies a chance. I, I don't revel in them like not doing well. Um, I gave Birds of Prey a shot. I couldn't finish it. It just it didn't it just didn't hold my interest. That I'm like I I could be watching something else right now. Um, I do I think she, she's a. I think she's a good uh, Harley Quinn though. Overall, um, I think Margot Robbie is a. She plays that role well. Um, I mean, not really give a shit about other dudes Joker. I mean, that's why she's been Harley Quinn for two movies that were at best average, and she's still Harley Quinn for a third time. Yeah, did you guys, by the way, hear who's going to be in the Flash movie? Uh, nope. I heard Billy Crudup was supposed to be in it, but he had to bow out. I mean, someone's playing Batman in this movie. Michael Keaton? Hell yeah, he is. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hell yeah, I he is. See... Wait, I, I heard that Michael Keaton might be bowing out because he found no, out no. more about the movie, and he's like, I don't know if I still want to do this anymore. No, what the fuck? Don't ruin it for me, Stefan. He's Batman. <laughs> that, was, well, that was the last I heard is he's like, he's not so sure about this project anymore. He might be he the might best be Batman. Okay, I'm he not, might I'm not be the best. questioning his Batman place. I'm questioning if Michael Keaton well, wants I, I to thought, do the Flash movie anymore. I thought it was that he wasn't going to do it because he didn't want to f- travel. And then, like, I guess now he's vaccinated, so Keaton's ready to, you know, be Batman. Um, yeah, that's all I really got this week. I mean, we're not going to talk. I mean, we have one more episode of Winter Soldier, and uh, yeah. it's gotten interesting. 
I'll say that. Mike, what do you got this week? Uh, yeah, so for me this week, you know, it's um, it's about individual, man. Um, over the last week and a half or so, it feels like we've lost a, a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of famous, uh, important people. Um, in particular, the one I'm going to talk about um, is someone who's a, who's a New York legend. He's a Queens legend, all right? Started out in Far Rockaway. You know, he made an impact out in these streets, man. Like, everybody knew his name, made, like, worldwide, all right? He had everybody like, whoa. Oh, fuck you, Mike. Oh, fuck and you. And of course, okay. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Bernie Madoff. Rest in peace, my G. Oh, let's Scammer check this shit out, on scammers. Finesse gods. Bernie Madoff. Yo, they, I say Black Rob died while we're watching this thriller thing. And Mike's just like, who Black Rob? And then me and Sal, who's... I love you, Sal. Sal's white as hell, all right? I have to explain who Black Rob is to Mike, all right? And it was... And then once he, like, played a song, Mike's like, oh, now my, hey, Mike yo, got man, emotional almost. I heard, <laughs> I heard Black Rob's name since, like, junior year of high school, man. Leave me alone. Yo, he got the song, whoa. He was in Bad Boy for Life. What else do you want from the man, all right? Literally just named two things. That's all you need from him. Bernie um, Madoff, okay. finesse God. Yeah, he's the reason the Mets got sold, right? Wasn't that what he did? Yeah, yeah. but in all seriousness, fuck that guy. He made the Mets even bigger penny pinchers than they're normally supposed to be. He so. ruined the Sacramento Kings. He also ruined the, a bunch of people's lives. Time. He also he ruined did do that a bunch too. of people's lives. But like, <laughs> big thing. Yeah, he ended the Kings being relevant for a long time. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Maloofs got taken for quite a ride they as got well, right? worked. The Maloofs got worse <laughs> by that. The, the Maloofs had to sell the team, the Palms, fucking everything. Um, uh, on an ancillary note, if you guys haven't seen the uh, Bernie Madoff movie where Robert De Niro is playing him, you should watch that. It's pretty good. I think it's on uh, HBO. You don't want to give your thoughts on King Kong versus Godzilla? Now that you oh, that was it? a piece of steaming dog shit. That Superman punch was not worth it to watch that movie. Mike was trying to argue the like he's like, I don't get the plot. I'm like, who gives a shit? What do you mean? <laughs> um, you got anything else? Um, in Kong versus Godzilla, uh, King Kong has an axe. You forgot to mention that. I mean, that's, that's fair. I didn't mention that. He does have an I axe. mean, Godzilla's got fire, like nuke breath. Gotta give King Kong something. Also, Mechagodzilla. Big monkey. Mechagodzilla <laughs> was dog shit, all right? That man was a disappointment. Mark, you watched a movie this weekend, right? Uh, I did not. Okay. I was going to say, I wanted to get Mark's thoughts. So my opinion on these movies is just that all the humans think these char- these creatures have more, uh, more thoughts and emotional feelings than they really do. Um Anyway, Mark, what do you got this week? Yeah, I just got a couple things. Um, obviously, Winter Soldier and Incredible still going on. Those have been great. Um, I started watching the HBO show The Nevers, which just started up last week. Um, that's just Victorian X-Men, more or less, to, to, to put it in a box. I, I like it. It's good. It's fun. Um, instead, gearing up, I thought I was going to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. So to gear up, I watched Rampage instead. <laughs> and that movie was all right. It wasn't that bad. It, going Stuff through, we like at this point is just like, hey, I did this. Well, it was really like I was watching that movie and like towards the end of it when they're like actually like rampaging. I was like, you know what? This is actually like pretty good for a video game movie. Like the bar is pretty low on those. And then the end kind of like some of the the quality. I mean, I'm just going to ruin the movie. Uh, 
basically at the end, the rock likes the big ape, their friends or whatever. He goes crazy because George, George. Yeah. Which is another thing that really was just like, okay, I guess it, I, I know it's an Easter egg, but like in the office of the people that like give the chemical that make them go crazy, they have a rampage machine. They have like an arcade machine for the rampage game. And they're calling like, Oh, and everyone's calling the Ralph, the, the wolf Ralph. And it's like, okay, but you have the game. You made, you made the game become real. It's like, this is too much fourth wall break. My mind can't take it. Mostly at the end, it's like okay. I want to watch this, this movie now. <laughs> this, this chemical made made the animals get big and go crazy, and then they lure them into Chicago and they rampage in Chicago. And of course, once the they get the antidote to George, he he gets his faculties back, and he's like he was like he was always a good ape, you know. Him and Rock had a good. So they're like, you know what? Like at one point, they're like, you know what? He saved a lot of lives. I was like. I just saw him kill a bunch of fucking people too. Like he doesn't just get <laughs> off this shit. Literally, how he gets the antidote is they like the woman that's like the evil woman. Like he throws her up and eats her. <laughs> so it's like, well, he definitely didn't save her. There was no due process on her. And I, Mark, Mike, him. you ain't listening to this. Mark's not. Mark's gonna have a real problem with the Godzilla plot then too. He's having an issue. I was watching it to morality. grow up and be like, okay, I got you know, I got some flavor. But overall, like you know, for a dumb, stupid you know action movie, it was it it, it checked those boxes and also. Did not know this. Uriah Faber's in that movie. Yeah, that, I was like, I saw him. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like, I guess they needed someone to look kind of badass, but also to make the other characters look even bigger and more badass because he's hovering, <laughs> hover, everyone hovering over this guy. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, yeah, the Nevers I thought was is actually you know a pretty fun show. It's only two episodes in, so you know can't can't say too much about it, but really enjoyed that. And Rampage was okay, so that's what I got this week. Um. Stefan, what do you got? Um, you know, it's funny you made a joke about uh, stuff we're pretty lukewarm about. Uh, my, I'm going to start by mentioning stuff I really dislike uh, because last week we spent all our stuff I like largely on WrestleMania. Um, and then April 15th occurred. Um, oh, and we're going to uh, talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so let me just say um, anytime you guys talk about wrestling for the next few months, I'm checked out because the WWE fired my two favorite women, the Iconics. And they fired out after Cesaro, the guy who I just like, he's actually the guy I believe should have gotten a push even over Cesaro because uh, in the words of Jim Cornette, who's largely an asshole, um, if you know who that is, um, his quote is, how do you fuck up Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe should be one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling, in the pro wrestling pantheon. And I agree with that. Joe did so little. He accomplished so little in WWE, but look at his promos. Like when he goes off, on Brock Lesnar, there's one where he like goes off on everybody in the ring, where he hits Roman, he hits Jeff Hardy, he gets AJ. Like Joe is the best talker in pro wrestling that people don't know is the best talker in pro wrestling, and so just you know, um, Brock loved it. You can see Brock loved it too. Brock's like, all right, I can wrestle, I can fucking go with this guy. All reports <laughs> were is Heyman and Brock wanted him to drop it to Joe, but Vince nixed it. Um, well, do you know do you know the story of why Joe took to Joe so long to get to the WWE, right? Like he's Joe, they said Joe, he's too fat. They said right, and they asked, well, okay, um, this is they were asking Bruce Prichard this, and before he was getting a WWE paycheck again, and they're like, well, fuck, man, you know they had Umaga, they had Yokozuna, they had all these other fat Samoans. Why can't you know? Why didn't they sign Joe? It's like, well, Joe wasn't part of the family. The only Samoan not part of the Anawaii family couldn't get a job till he was like thirty-seven years old, basically thirty-six years old, because he was too fat. I, Samoa Joe is going to make a lot of money if he can still wrestle wherever he goes. And then just, you know, I, I know people. a lot of people are more whatever about the Iconics, but the Iconics have personality, which is They'll be fine too. very, very lacking in the women's division. 
there's a lot of ta- there's much more talented wrestlers than the two of them but what are their characters right like they broke them up and billy was they the push was going to go to peyton billy was the one who was left to flounder and she turned a resume gimmick into must see friday part of why people have loved friday night smackdown and where raw is like hemorrhaging is Billy is part of it weekly, and to see them be a part of the cuts, I was just so disappointed. So, well, you know what it is, man. She made she did the cardinal sin. Mike's learned it. Mike's watching up wrestling now. You, if you get over, it, yeah. it's not okay if you don't get over the way we want you to get over. It, it was either Kevin Dunn or Bruce Pritchard, one of their big like VP executives. It was done. It was done. I, mean, I think his <laughs> I think his exact quote is, "I don't get Billy Kay. I don't. I don't get." He, he didn't get Becky yeah. Lynch either. Even even the whole angle where uh, where Billy Kay was like trying to be part of the Riot Squad, it was so cringe but so great at the same time. Well, she kept going like. Right squad, what? She'd like throw up like the fucking devil horns. You know? like, <laughs> she, she had the punk I outfit and she was wearing like a Blink-182 shirt. <laughs> she, it, she was really, really good. Um, People were calling her the female uh, Damien Mizdow for when Damien Sandow did the shadow sidekick thing where he was like the more funny like pairing. But it, it, um, I honestly think they're both going to be okay. Both, if they, I think they'll go somewhere together and I think they'll both be, they'll do fine. Honestly. Certainly. Both. And it doesn't mean that they can't bounce back later. A lot of people have built up their star elsewhere, raised their stock, and then the WWE is undeniable and they want to give them that money back. Um, but that said, just starting on a downer because that's really going to nuke my interest in pro wrestling record, for a record while. Record profit, Stefan. Yeah, record coming off a of record profit. <laughs> but in terms of stuff I actually do like, I got a giant uh, Asian flavor pack of it, so I'll, I'll try to give some quick hits. Um, I got t- at least two of the guys started on Warrior, um, and it came out, and it was my great hope, and it's why I've been preaching it to you guys. Um, it was a part of many shows that got axed that was Cinemax was producing, but my big hope was, hey, now that it's on HBO Max, maybe people will find it. Maybe they'll start getting those viewership numbers. People will say, like, oh, this is actually a really good show. And it happened. HBO Max picked it up. HBO Max is going to in-house produce season three of the Warrior or of Warrior. So I'm super, super excited about that. Um, in K-pop, I discovered a new group uh, that I really like—a rookie group. They're called Weekly with three E's because you got to be—you you can't just look up regular Weekly. That'll come up with way too many results. Uh, but their song "After School" is currently my song of the year uh, in K-pop. Um, have been listening to it nonstop. We got a new season of anime. Uh, I was telling Mike, it, it, it's it's really action-packed animes. Yeah, the the rom-com genre has really kind of been my slice of life fare. Um, and there is one called Higa Hero. Um, it's one of those shows where it's got that ridiculously long title. Is uh, after I got dumped, I shaved, and I took in a high school runway. Uh, so uh, Higa Hero for short, but it has potential that it could go off the rails and turn really creepy. But as it stands, it could be a really wholesome story about found family which is really nice um but in terms of action front um i mentioned this show called 86 which is a very kind of sci-fi terminator meets uh, hunger games there's one i want to check out called mars red which i believe it, it's like vampires in 1920s japan and then there's a group of other vampires that kind of get hired to hunt the vampires so it's blade meets uh samurai shampoo kind of and uh, there's one that I find interesting. Um, it's called Odd Taxi. Um, on the surface level, it seems like kind of a Japanese Pixar movie about like a myriad city of animals. It follows one of them who's a taxi driver and just, you know, his little one-off slice of life interactions he has driving around different passengers. But it turns out they're connected 
and there's actually a murder in play. So this actually might be a big psychological mystery thriller. And if, in fact, maybe none of these people are animals and it's just the taxi driver having hallucinations of how he sees the world. So it's kind of turning into a weird cerebra cerebral trip thing. That seems interesting. Um, two year eternity is not an action thing, but from what I know of it, it's just sweeping art. It's just tells a really moving story. I haven't started it yet, but um, having seen a handful of uh, anime reaction channels, every single person has cried in the first episode. So um, it, it seems like it's, you know, you got to prepare yourself to be in that mentally heavy space when checking it out. But um, yeah, just another big season of anime. Um, I'll report more once I kind of figure out which ones I'm going to be seeing through to the end. But um, definitely a lot of ones to check out. Nice. Right on. Um, all right, guys, we're going to be back next week. We're going to see if we got any new champions. Possibly three. Possibly zero. Maybe somewhere in the middle. Can Kamaru uh, win the BMF title if he beats him twice? That's true. Let's just give him that. At what yeah. point does Jorge just see that belt due to not winning fights? Um, the, we're going to preview. Good Lord. This is a real card. Um, Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prozashka. Main mm. event. Five rounds. All right. Cool. All right. That's happening. We'll talk about something, I'm sure. WWF will fire somebody else, make stuff on further angry. Who could it be at this point to make him further? It'd have to be someone Cesaro, maybe? That'd probably do it. <laughs> Shinsuke. <laughs> you know, let's just cut everyone's stuff on likes. I think Shinsuke leaves, you'll be fine with it. He'll go back to New Japan, you know. <laughs> He'll be happy at that point. Um, all right. Um, I think that's all we got this week. Um, we'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, I was Dr. Law, that was Kid Presentable, that was Lavender Gooms, and that was DJ Mark. Peace out. See ya.